place where your love is shared the same For the stories where the hero saves the girl somehow Where the no further friends, the adventure never ends We will save the world somehow In Sunspots Comics now I was living on the west side Hello, hot comic book people! Welcome to the Sunspots Comics Podcast, issue number 184, where we recommend and lovingly review the best of the new comic books that just came out this last Wednesday, New Comic Book Day, November 21st. And this particular podcast hopes you get all your super discounted items on the Black Friday, the Brown Sunday, the White Monday, all the colors, (laughs) so you can save some green, right? (laughs) Well, I am joined again. Three times in a row by co-host Ian Yarrington. How's it going, Ian? Hey, doing good. Thanks for having me back. Always, man. What's the word of the day? Uh, I'm going to go with <laughs> cover art. Cover art. <laughs> nice. I was trying to catch you off guard, man. You're ready. Darn. <laughs> and uh, me, I am your friendly neighborhood host, Chris Latori. We hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving with all of your loved ones. Right, Ian? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Blessings to you and yours. So much turkey. Uh, please hit the subscribe <laughs> button to the Sunspots Comics Podcast. Check out all of our past podcasts on our giant podcast feed. And follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Xbox Live, YouTube, at Sunspots Comics. And, of course, follow Ian. Go for it, Ian. Uh, it's Ian D. Yarrington at uh, Twitter, mostly. I yes. guess you can go look at my uh, Instagram if you felt like it. Nice. And also your comic book stuff. Plug that. Oh, uh, yeah. I do reviews for comic book it's uh, C-O, uh, or excuse me, B-O-O-K-E-D, comic booked. Booked. Awesome. <laughs> I still have to check your stuff out over there, your reviews of comics, but very cool. And I always start the show with some humble thank yous. Most importantly, thank you to you, the listener. Thank you so much for listening. Right, Ian? That's important? Oh, yeah. Well, I couldn't do it without him, right? Right. Thank you, the listener, for listening to the Sunspots Comics Podcast. Whether this is your first time just trying us out to see how it goes, or you're a loyal Sunspots Comic fan since the beginning, seriously, thank you for choosing the Sunspots Comics Podcast. And thank you to my friend Nick Papa George for singing our sweet Sunspots Comics theme song. I love it. What did you think of the theme song, Ian, when you first heard it? Oh, when I first heard it, I I was intrigued, and I was like, well, I'm definitely going to go check this guy out now. Sweet. Well, I'm glad. Thank you. That's what I I hope, to bring a little fun and professionalism with it. So I thought, what better thing than to get my friend Nick Papa George on the podcast doing our theme song. And please check out his solo singing stuff on Facebook.com slash PopDs and his band called Solution at Facebook.com slash Solution Reggae. If you love reggae and rock and guitar-based music that just makes you feel good, kind of an island flavor, you're going to love Nick Papa George and his music with his band called Solution. So check them out, and thank you, Nick. And also thank you to our sponsor, Pop Up Tea. Check out their super giant selection of nerdy t-shirts at PopUpTea.com. You went and checked it out recently, Ian. What did you think of PopUpTea.com? Well, I'm just a big t-shirt guy anyway, so they already, you know, they had me at t-shirt, but yeah, <laughs> uh, any kind of nerdy t-shirt stuff, man, you gotta, if you like that kind of stuff, you gotta check out Pop-Up Tea. There's no other clothes, in my opinion. There's just t-shirts. I mean, what else? I don't know. There's nothing <laughs> <Yeah>. else. <laughs> well, comic t-shirts, right? <laughs> right. Nerdy shirts. But most importantly, go to popuptea.com and use the promotional code SUNSPOTSCOMICS and you'll get 25% off of any shirt order, even the clearance shirts. And they got Black Friday stuff going on there, so you gotta 
check them out. And thank you to popuptea.com. And last, uh, thank you. Since it's Thanksgiving, it was, it was just here. Uh, Ian and I want to take a minute and just kind of say what we're thankful for. So, Ian, why don't you go first? What were you thankful for this Thanksgiving holiday? Well, you know, there's always the good old fallback of comic books, which I'm yes. always thankful for every day. Right. Um, but also every day I'm thankful for family is a big one for me. Uh, I lost my mom last year in the beginning of the year, so I've been really uh, spending a lot of time with family this year, and that's what's been most important to me for sure. Yes, that's so important with a loss like that, man, and all of you guys all you know coming together as a family to uh, go through that. So, yeah, that's that's beautiful, man. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it. Definitely. And uh, for me, yes, uh, of course, comic books, my goodness. Where would our lives be without them, of course, right? Um, but, my, of course, my wife, my lovely wife, Patsy, was my best friend, uh, my son, Justin, all of my family, and anyone, uh, you know, not enough time to mention every single name. My granddaughter, MB, who I love dear, so dearly, and I'm, I'm so blessed that I get to spend some time with her. Thank you to MB's mom and dad. Um, and just everything nerdy that's just here and coming and has just filled our lives with so much joy. Right, Ian? Yeah, definitely. Um, joy is joy is definitely the word that I would use to describe uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas and everything. It's just been wonderful. Yes. So that we just wanted to take a minute and uh, say what we're thankful for. So there you go for that. But now let's bust out a kneecap and make a giant superhero landing into the Sunspots Comics Podcast, issue number 184. So let's start out with some stuff that's been floating around inside of our nerdy brains. The first nugget of nerd lodged ever so deeply in our nerdy frontal lobes is Spider-Man the Game on the PlayStation 4. You haven't got this yet, right, Ian? No, I haven't, but it's uh, A number one on my list of it's games. It's on your, so. your video game pull list? It's there? Yeah, yeah, it's number one. Awesome. Well, I'm late to the party as well for this. I, I didn't even have a PlayStation 4 until recently. They, Best Buy had this like uh, invitation-only uh, get the Black Friday door, pri- go door stuff right away. And I jumped right in there, and luck- I was lucky enough to get the Spider-Man PS4 bundle for 200 bucks. I mean, what a deal, right? Oh, yeah, and you're lucky you got in there, too, man, because I heard a lot of those places were sold out, like, almost immediately. Oh, yeah, my son tried to get one, and this friend of mine that I saw Thanksgiving, uh, one of Patsy's cousins tried to get it. It's just kind of sold out everywhere, so they're hoping Cyber Monday that more become available, but it's a tough one to get. But if you can get it, 200 bucks for a PS4 with the Spider-Man game, the full game. I mean, that's a great bundle, great deal. But first off, I just have to note the visuals on Spider-Man 4. You've seen some of it, right, on YouTube? Yeah, I've seen some on YouTube, and I, I saw a friend of mine play for a couple minutes, and, and yeah, you're right, man. It, it's it's amazing. Yeah, that's, I, I, not having a PS4 before, I was really impressed with the stunning visuals on my 4K TV and HDR. Honestly, some of the moments just almost brought a tear to my eye. You can play around with the cameras and take photos, and I was just kind of stuck in like 10 seconds into the game just taking photos of Spider-Man standing on a building with the sun behind him. I was like, what am I doing? I'm not even playing this game. I'm just like this weird video game photographer. (laughs) (laughs) Just screenshot, screenshot. But I just absolutely was was stunned by how beautiful this looks and the the attention to lighting. And And it was defaultedly beautiful. I didn't have to go into my 4K TV settings and mess with any of the HDR or the refresh or, you know, get too technical. It was like ready to go right out of the box. So I, I really appreciated that. So visuals, amazing. Uh, and the story, the story moves very quickly. I like that. I can get bored with games that are like kind of fully open sandbox 
do you agree with me there or, or disagree? Are you are you a fan of way open sandbox style or a little more linear? Uh, to me, it kind of depends. I had a hard time with Red Dead and Redemption because of that. Um, just a little too open, a little too easy to get sidetracked. Um, but at the same time, something like uh, Grand uh, Grand Theft Auto was easier to, to follow. This is more linear than both of them, honestly. Um, it does, it, it reminds you, it tells you, this is where you're supposed to go. There's constantly something blinking. Like there's someone call, you know, you have a, a woman that, that calls you and you hear her phone calls. Are you heading over there? Like she reminds you. Like it really kind of keeps the linear part of the story going. I like that. I'm an older person, so I just like a little more order. <laughs> you know what I mean? A little bit more structure, yeah. Structure. I, I understand. <laughs> yes. Uh, so that's just for me. But it, it definitely goes deep with a plethora of Spidey suits, which I love. There's the Spider-Man Noir in there. There's a ton of gadgets. All the fight moves you can upgrade. Just uh, I love that they're not really stingy with them. Like You can get upgrades pretty quickly and start getting some of the cool gadgetry and the different outfits that he comes with. So I, I really appreciated that because it's tough sometimes uh, where they're just stingy and not giving you any tokens or credit or XP to sort of get the freebies. This was moving along pretty fast. I only played for about an hour or so, and I'd already gotten another suit, and I already have a, a few other gadgets and moves, so I was really appreciative of that. So um, I can go on about it all day, but I'll just say overall I gave it a 4.5 out of 5 at this point, and I haven't even played it all yet. So I'm seriously excited. Oh, I also love uh, remotely logging in with my PS Vita. Do you have a PS Vita, Ian? No, I don't, but I've played them before. My buddy, he's a big gamer. He's got all that stuff, and I think the Vitas are just super cool. I was really kind of surprised with uh, how it's not 4K on the PS Vita, obviously. It's not as gorgeous as it's going to be on your television, but it's pretty darn close. It looks great. And uh, there was a weird thing that, you know, on the PS Vita, there's no R1 or... R2 or the second set of you know middle finger buttons on yeah. the Vita. So he, the, the R2 is the most important button because you swing with that. So you have to use the touchpad on the back of the Vita, which is a little tricky because it's not very accurate. But overall, if you're getting an itch to play Spider-Man and you got a PS Vita and you can do it remotely, I am fully on board. I was fully Spidey itchy. So I, I had to, <laughs> I was like, I got to play this and plug in. And I really enjoy the remote feature as well. So Again, Sunspots uh, comics uh, overall are, are, I'm giving it a glowing review, 4.5 out of 5 Sunspots. Get it, Spider-Man on the PS4 is fantastic. And the next thing that's bouncing around in our nerdy brains is Ian's review of the movie Fantastic Beasts 2, right? The Crimes of Grindelwald. And of course, before you get started, Ian, I'll set you up, uh, spoiler alert, just in case. But go for it, Ian, give us uh, your review of Fantastic Beasts 2, The Crimes of Grindelwald. Hey, thank you for that. I'm not sure that I'm going to have any spoilers, but it's always nice to throw it up just in case. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, Man, The Crimes of Grindelwald. What can I say about the Harry Potter world that hasn't been said already? But uh, <laughs> the the visuals to me are the one and only reason you got to see it on the big screen. I mean, the monsters or, you know, the uh, the beasts, I guess. Are just fantastic. There's, there's no way that, uh, you know, there's no way that you can't see that on the big screen. And uh, Redmayne, Eddie Redmayne, and uh, Johnny Depp. I mean, the the cast of of actors is so deep and so good. It's just a really good movie. And uh, the big complaint that I've seen online has been about it being like uh, a setup, kinda. 
which is is true. I will definitely say that it, it sets up more movies. And if that is something that you don't like, you might not like it. But for me, for my money, I enjoyed it. So. Right. Give us more Harry Potter. What's what's wrong with that? <laughs> yeah. You know exactly. And uh, you know, with uh, the three piece suits from the twenties, they look they all look dapper. <laughs> you know. Yes. Um, and so accurate. I did. I bought the first of uh, Fantastic Beasts. It was really a surprise uh, winner for me. So I am really excited to see this. And pretty, didn't they sign up for three? Isn't this a trilogy? Like at least there? Yeah, I think maybe even more. I think maybe like four or five. Oh, so. wow. Wow, they're really going with this. They're all in. Well, I, I, is, yeah. that, is that same guy back, the muggle that they messed with his memory uh, from the first one? Is he back? Yeah, yeah. Yeah? Oh, great. I hey, loved man, his uh, character. Him and his girlfriend, the you know uh, Queenie. Her name is Queenie. Oh. Yeah, they're back. Everybody's back. Uh, there's some new characters introduced. It's a, it's it's a good it's a fun movie. It's a good ride. I so think visually people... awesome. The story uh, was great. How was the story? Yeah, the story uh, it, it goes. You know, and it it follows a little bit more of Grindelwald. You definitely get to see more Johnny Depp. You know, and that's never a bad thing. Johnny Depp is always is always great. Uh, the uh, Scamanders, uh, Newt and his brother. You know, you get a little bit deeper into into Newt's backstory. Um, you, you get to see his brother and how he interacts. You know, because he's kind of a kind of a uh, odd duck. Hmm. So he, uh, you know, you get to see how he interacts with his his brother. It's it's really good. Nice. And so it sounds like it it, it had a good ending. Left you hanging. Left you kind of knowing there's going to be more and wanting more. Yeah, it definitely made a it definitely made a bit of a setup, but it wasn't anything, in my opinion, that you shouldn't have expected, knowing that there were more movies coming. Nice. So yeah, I mean, had... it left on a good note, but it it oh. left more. So you know, okay. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, that sounds like. And if you had to give it a rating, you know, I try to give a out of five possible sunspots. Uh, if you had to, uh, how many sunspots would you would you give it? Oh, I'd give it three and a half solid, maybe even four. I mean, it was a really good, the, and like I said, the visuals, man, the, it's top notch. How the, old, the Fantastic the time, Beasts were fantastic. The what? The Fantastic Beasts were fantastic. Sorry to jump in there. What was the <laughs> running time approximately? Was it like kind of long? Well, it was kind of long. It was a little over two hours, I believe, but uh, it goes by pretty quick. All right, cool. So if I hardlined it, if you had a, a 3.5 to 4, where do you think you are? Uh, probably hardline. I'd say three point five. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, thank you, Ian. I appreciate that, and uh, thanks for not spoiling it, and just telling me how you felt about it. And I appreciate that, and uh, I definitely want to see that. So check out uh, Fantastic Beasts Two: The Crimes of Grindelwald. Looks like it's uh, it's definitely worthy. So very very cool. Uh, any other? Uh, I have one last one, but any other nerdy things floating around your brain, Ian? Before I move on to the last one. Uh, not with me. I think we covered everything I, I've been thinking about. Sweet. Well, the last thing rolling around inside of my nerd brain is that I'm creating my very own comic book called Zombie Destroyers. And it's been a ton of fun, and it's a dream come true, honestly. I've been wanting to make a comic book since I was just a little child, a wee baby. And I actually created Zombie Destroyers. I'm writing it and doing the lettering. Please follow the Zombie Destroyers team. There's artist Juan Mora at Young Minded Giant, and Jordan Hudson at Skablad, and colorist Caroline Nolasco at Carol N. Art. But from the bottom of my heart, thank you to all of the Zombie Destroyers team for making my dream become a reality of making a comic book. And if you want to see what my comic book Zombie Destroyers looks like, just go over to sunspotscomics.com and click on Zombie Destroyers, and you'll get to see three gorgeous colored sample pages right there. And next up, I just want to mention quickly our segment called Spotlighting. Spotlighting. 
It's a segment of the Sunspots Comics podcast where I get to interview and have some conversations with some great comic book creators. Check out a spotlighting interview that I'm super proud of. It's the interview with comic book artist and movie director Troy Nixie. He is this, I just love his stuff. He did this comic book through Dark Horse called Vinegar Teeth. You, both Ian and I read it. What did you think of Vinegar Teeth, Ian? Uh, very odd, but very, uh, very beautiful. Yes. The the art was fantastic. And just weird, right, overall? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to uh, see where he goes with uh, maybe not something in this universe, but something different because, I mean, his his brain goes in some weird directions. Totally. I can't wait to see what Troy Nixie does next. I've sent him a couple emails. Hopefully he'll reply soon. But Troy Nixie also directed a movie written by Guillermo del Toro. It's called Don't Be Afraid of the Dark, which I really enjoyed. <laughs> And I don't enjoy a lot of horror movies, so you got to check that out. But Troy Nixley and I, we talk about that and so much more. Just check it out on our Sunspots Comics podcast feed in our spotlighting area. And check out Sunspots Comics issue 159. I interviewed comic book creator Nandini Bapat. She created this heartwarming comic book about her grandfather's life called Aja. It's spelled A-J-A. Please check that out on our Sunspots Comics podcast number 159. And there are a whole bunch more coming. And there's also a bunch of spotlighting interviews that are there already with some great guests on our podcast feed. So if you work in comic books or you're trying to break into the comic book world like me, let's have a chat. Let's talk about some nerdy stuff. Send me a message and a review copy of your comic book to my email, chris at sunspotscomics.com or message me at sunspotscomics on everything, of course. So you ready, Ian? Let's jump into the main course. You ready? I am ready to go. All right, let's get into the main course here, the, the epicenter, the centerpiece of the Sunspots Comics Podcast, which is our comic book recommendations, where we share with you our favorite picks of the new comic books. The stuff that just came out, the brand new stuff that came out new out new comic book day, Wednesday, November 21st. And just in case you've been warned here, a super duper light, semi-spoiler-ish alert. But don't worry, we really don't want to spoil anything. We just want to inspire you to buy these comics and go to your local comic book shop. We never discuss the last few pages. We just leave them alone. And we only discuss some of the interesting points that makes up a comic book. But just in case you've been super duper light, semi-spoiler-ish alerted. And oh, yeah. And um, before we get into the comics, let's announce this week's artist winner and cover artist winner of the week. Every week, we pick what we believe to be the best comic book art of the week. So put your eyeballs on these now. You will be so happy that you did. And you and I, Ian, we actually made the same art picks this week, which is awesome. So let's jump in here. This week's cover artist winner of the week is... Go for it, Ian. Well, let me see. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) It's a Middle West issue number one. And it's an artist... Oh, I turned the page here as well. Uh, Here we go. Uh, I'll sorry, I'll jump in for you, Ian. I caught you off guard. Uh, it's uh, Mike Huddleston. And yes, you, yes, you, Huddleston. I Huddleston. was thinking Jorge because uh, he did all the interiors. I'm sorry about that. No big deal. You can follow him at MK Huddleston Two Ds uh, on everything. And uh, so let's jump in there. What did you think of this uh, of Middle West issue number one? This amazing cover. Let's talk about it. Uh, there's there's a like a lot going on, but it's not busy. But what caught me immediately is the uh the creepy cloud uh funnel uh what's it called like tornado cloud you know that's reaching out for the kid that's what caught me immediately but yeah this tornado uh this blue right it's kind of strange odd blue to black with with uh, a face and a hand reaching out for the kid that's center stage here on our cover right it just just jumps right out orange almost like a fire like his eyes are on fire his eyes in his mouth and 
yeah, it just caught me right off the bat because I, I look at the you know the the top that says Middle West, and then I see that immediately, and I'm like, oh wow, this is this is awesome. And it leads your eyes so perfectly from dark to light, right? Because you have this stormy tornado cloud with a hand and a face, and then it brightens up. You have a clearing, and you already get some storytelling elements here, which I really appreciate. You get this train in the background with the weird purple juice fluid attachments. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what that is. <laughs> I, we'll, we'll get into it more, but it's, it's, it's right there. It's attached to the house. And you just have this very clean-lined, cartoony-style kid standing there with this, like, heart that's sort of floating outside of his chest. That has It's like a break right through the center of it. So there's a ton of storytelling here. He's got a fox standing next to him. And it's just the gorgeous coloring, right? This this green in this this lawn. And from, from the dark to the light, right? Just gorgeous coloring. Yeah, and kind of almost muted, but, like, the fox is kind of bright and beautiful-looking and... Uh... You can tell, like you were saying about storytelling, this kid's face, you could just see on his face that he's he's heartbroken, you know, and they show that right there. Like, like you see his face, you see that he's sad, and then you see his little heart is broken, and you just automatically feel for him. And Mike Huddleston did like a, I would say, kind of a natural paint style like element here, right? It looks like it's painted uh, with, with sort of wider brush strokes for the darkness and then he gets really fine lines you know at least i'm not sure if it's actually painted if it's digital but it kind of has that look right yeah definitely and kind of like a muted like pastel color to it i think yeah it's just gorgeous but thank you mike huddleston we really appreciate it i'm a fan now i'm gonna follow you from here on out but again check out mike huddleston at mk huddleston and uh, that is why you are easily our cover artist winner of the week. We both agreed that Middle West issue number one, your cover, Mike Huddleston, gorgeous, right? Yes, absolutely gorgeous, yeah. Gorgeous, gorgeous. And this week's artist winner of the week is also from Middle West issue number one, but it's for the interior artist Jorge Corona. And man, what did you think of the interior art? First, talk about the transition, right? You said, uh, go talk about from the cover to the to the body. Yeah, when so when I when I see that cover and then I flip to the very first page, I see that they're kind of similar art styles to where it doesn't throw you off. It feels very uh seamless is the the way that you look at it. And when you open to the first page, it's this beautiful like uh I'm not sure what to call it, but it goes from like uh from a wide view to a little bit closer to a close up of of this kid. And you can see that pain in his eyes. It just trans- transfers perfectly from the cover to the interior. Yeah, it's like an active camera shot, right? You go from long shot, zoom in to mid shot, and then super zoom to really get the emotion on the face. I mean, what a yeah. great opening. That just And it's also this gorgeous sort of sunset, and the storm is here. It's like Kansas or something, and you know that a tornado is coming. And it just, uh, I think the color styles, the color palette is, is similar, so we don't we're not kind of jarred right there right yeah it gets that uh the like the yellowish kind of color of the background to where you can tell that the sun's setting but it still has that like bluish like uh, muted pastel color throughout you know like the theme of the of the whole comic is kind of like that and yeah it's just beautiful i think it's tough too that jorge corona did so well it's tough to sell wind on a static image yeah, I, I think so. And <laughs> and he did it great here because there's just like debris in the air 
and uh, you know the hair is just going with it all and the and the sort of the lush lawn behind him it all is just it sells it right that there's wind happening oh yeah and it go yeah you could tell by the way he positions the abstract stuff behind and and near the the main character here uh yeah, very very hard to do, and uh, I think you're right about the background where you can where you, it gives that feel of stuff flying around. Yes, yeah, that's a, so hard to do. <laughs> he has a cartoony style overall, I would say. Right? Would you agree? It's a little on the cartoonier style than realistic. Yeah, I do definitely. I um, <clears throat> I do a lot of uh, I do a lot of work with um, like underground indie type uh, characters, and there was one person, Kevin Shaw, who did Elasticator from Scout Comic. They have a very similar, uh, you know, a very similar feel to their to their design and to their their background work and everything. And uh, man, both of these guys just have this amazing cartoon style. You know, I, well maybe I, I would say like uh, I'm not sure what how to explain it. Not like a. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm I'm fighting for words here how to explain it, but yeah, the cartoon style is definitely there, and it's 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 amazing. Yeah, like the heads, like a, a lot a of the heads again, like different shapes and kind of odd rectangular shape, like for the dad's face. So it's very sort of a almost an abstract look to him, uh, to the dad's head, right? And then yeah, uh, that helps to make him feel more grown up, probably. Right, like this super elongated chin. He almost has like a like a horse head almost on him. So yeah. it has a little abstractness to him, which gives that little bit of a cartoony feel. And then uh, I was thinking like Scotty Young, he has that kind of feel, and like Raphael Albuquerque was a couple I was thinking of, all in oh, that vein. Yeah. yeah, definitely, I can see that. And I feel like the the elongated uh, the elongated jaw definitely. It gives me the feel of adult versus, uh, you know, kid. Yes. And the my, say my favorite sequence overall of, of Jorge Corona's art is that, tr- I won't say what, but the transformation page of a particular character that goes from uh, solid to, you know, not solid. Uh, that transformation is fantastic. Also with the anger in that character's face as it boils up to, trans- to transforming, right? Yeah, where it starts with the eyes, the the eyes, the um, the same thing in the cover, that yellow, that yellow look to the eyes. It's beautiful, gorgeous, and so many uses of oranges and uh, and pinks, and and then that that weird bubbly, you know, gelatinous fluid that seems like the fuel for everything uh, is always really bright in these dark panels, and it's just like boom, there's like this bright pink and this dark blue panel. There's a lot of that. Yeah, I like the contrast. It really does it does justice to it, you know. Yeah, it's gorgeous. But easily our artist winner of the week for Middle West issue number one from Image Comics. Again, it's Jorge Corona, our artist winner of the week. Thank you, Jorge. Gorgeous. Gorgeous stuff. And the breakdown. Uh, I actually read fifteen comics this week. How many did you read, Ian? Uh twenty one? Yeah, twenty one. <laughs> you got me, man. You crushed me. Um, and only three of them made it to the Great Ones recommendation list. That's right. It's not easy to make the Sunspots Comics top recommendation list. And also, there were four new number ones. I had four. How many new number ones did you have, roughly? I think I had three. Three? And yeah. of that, two of them made it to the top comic book pick list, which is excellent. Two out of four, two out of three. Not bad. And uh, make sure to get those new number ones right away so you can be in on the fun from the start. 
Oh, and before we get into the top picks, let's go into our honorable mention. Again, you have an honorable mention pick of the week this week. So what is your honorable mention? Oh, for me, it was Web of Venom Carnage Born, number one. Yes. Uh, Donny Cates, man. I can't say enough about this guy. I... I love what he's been doing with Venom. I know you're a little bit on the fence with with that stuff, but uh, his Venom run to me has been something for the ages, and uh, the Web of Carn- uh, uh, Carnage Born has really ramped up, and it's been a perfect introduction to Carnage, as far as I'm concerned. This cover art was killer. I mean, it it looks like a little bit of Sam Keith is what the cover reminds me of, and the cover artist it, it gives credit to two people. Um, it's Kyle Hotz with a Z and Jose Villaribia. So, uh, and that, I do believe that's the primary A cover, right? It's just Carnage with its tendrils all out of control and and very kind of strange. Doesn't it have that Sam Keith almost Max feel to it? Yeah, yeah, and the way he has those big menacing teeth and that horrible uh, look to his eyes, just yeah, scary. I think if it wasn't for this cover, I might have passed on it. Just was really striking. This cover was gorgeous. The blue and the red, it was just, it was crazy looking. But give me the gist of it. I did read it too, um, but I wasn't so into a lot of the resetting of the of the Venomverse. Uh, so some of it I was a little bit lost. But can you give me the kind of quick gist on uh, Carnage Born from Marvel Comics, issue number one, Web of Venom, Carnage Born from Donny Cates? Give me the quick gist if you could. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's if it's more of a reboot as it is just kind of picking up from where it left off because I got to be honest, I don't remember where uh, Carnage or Cletus Cassidy left off, but it kind of picks up with uh, uh, Cletus being found and kind of uh, reborn, you know, which is you know kind of hinted at at the name Carnage reborn, <clears throat> but he he kind of. He kind of gets the symbiote back and kind of gets back to his his uh, true, you know, horrible Cletus form. And uh, <laughs> in the end, it leaves you with a real cliffhanger of him basically looking at all of the people that have ever worn the, the symbiote and uh, needing to go after them. So, wow. Yeah, I mean, I like – I was intrigued by how they actually said he had died many times in this. I wonder if they – if Donny Cates was like – look, let's clean up the continuity. Like, these are all the times he died. It looked like there was, like, four of them. Like, he died and he came back to life. He died and came back to life. So, I mean, I think maybe Donny Cates had no choice but to kind of start a whole new sort of backstory for him because of all the kind of the mess of continuity, if you will, right? Yeah, probably. And I don't feel like, um, like, for me, I, I didn't feel like it was that far of a stretch just with the way that everything's been going anyway with, the you know, all this stuff and all the stuff that he's, uh, introduced I feel like it's kind of not much of a stretch to just kind of rework Cletus and be like okay well here we go and yeah like you know like you were saying here's you know here's all the times that he's died before but now he's back and he's back with a vengeance is kind of the the feel that I got from it yeah and they did give a, a nod to the original origin a, a nod to it anyway that when uh, Venom broke out of the prison and they were they were cellmates or next to each other that the that the uh, some of the tendrils of venoms you know hung out there in the prison break and it mixed with his blood so they did stick with that and then they kind of twisted in the uh, symbiote god right yeah I think that was more of um, you know they kind of kept they kept as true as they could to all that stuff in the past they kept him a really 
you know, murderous lech of a human being. So that's still there. But yeah, they kind of tied it all into to the run of Venom, which makes sense because now that the Venom uh, or Null, the god, is is like introduced, now he's a pretty big part. So they kind of had to 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 wrap it all together, you know, which okay. made sense to me. And I kind of, you know, and I've really dug the Venom run. So to me, I kind of saw that coming and I knew that, you know, I knew it was coming. So I kind of had been geared up for it, you know. Yeah, and this artist, Danilo S. Bayruth, I've, I've never, I'm not familiar with that person's work, but did a pretty solid job. Yeah, I feel like his art is very similar to uh, to the original, uh, or not original, but who's doing um, Venom now was Stegman. Uh, uh, Stegman and his style kind of look similar. I think Stegman's still hmm. maybe a little bit better, but but they're they're enough similar to where you can tell that they're supposed to be in the same, you know, universe ish, in my opinion. Yeah, that, that's important. Yeah, at least if there feels like there's some a thread, uh, you know, of, of connection to the rest of the Venom verse, symbiote verse, at, at least. But uh, yeah, I know we were a little on different sides of this, but it was definitely a top pick for you. So I think worthy of an honorable mention. So thank you for sharing there. Where would it have, without giving a, a, a what your ranking was, but was this your number one or was it still just in the top pick range? Uh, no, for me, it would have been probably two, I think. Okay. Yeah, All I don't right. think you're going to be Middle West. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, then let's jump in there. Let's get into it. Here are our top comic book recommendations. This is our list of what we consider to be the best of the new comic books that just came out. New Comic Book Day, November 21st. We strongly recommend you go to your local comic book shop today and buy these immediately. Where are you going to get your stuff, Ian? I go to Stargazers in Tacoma. Those are my guys. Damien and Jeremy are... Just top-notch fellas, man. They will sit and chat with you for as long as you want about comic books. And they're just really good guys. I also go to Destiny City, talk to Michael and another Damien. And uh, those fellas are really cool, too. They are downtown. uh, So if you're just kind of cruising through, you can stop off real quick. Both both sets of fellas are really cool guys, and they're down to talk to you for as long as you want, man. They'll definitely help you out. That's Stargazer. And what was the other one? Uh, Destiny City. Destiny City. It's very cool. Mine is uh, Comic Madness in Ontario. Hello to Jeremy and the owner, Lee. Uh, thanks for always holding stuff aside for me when I call in. But um, go to your local comic book shop. If you need help finding one, go to comicbookshoplocator.com. It can, you put in your zip code. Easy as that. It'll tell you where the closest local comic book shop is. So go and buy these recommendations we're about to get into. Go and buy them now. So here are the three great comic book picks that we recommend. So here we go. Coming in at number three is Cover, issue number three. This is from Jinx World slash Marvel. (laughs) And this is uh, written by Brian Michael Bendis and gorgeous art from David Mack, who I know you personally love his cover artwork, right? Yes, I, I think... Recently, what I've really liked is American Gods. He has done some really phenomenal stuff on American Gods. My goodness. Yes, he has this painted style, right? It's very watercolor painted style. Looks like it takes forever. Yeah, Uh, I think it's watercolors. That's uh, that's what it looks like to me, but I'm not a huge, you know, uh, I'm not the 
art critic that I should be. <laughs> well, I've I've uh, personally messed around with my own tablet and Photoshop, and there's a ton of swatches that really makes it look like it's actual watercoloring. Uh, but I know he um, historically, I don't know if this one in the past has done actual watercoloring on a lot of his art. But uh, who knows? It looks good, <laughs> but it is that style of watercoloring. And if we give a quick gist of cover. Uh, it's it's ultimately it's a comic book creator. I think Brian Michael Bendis, uh, you said it, um, likes to sit and imagine what the world would be like if he was a spy, a comic book creator, but also a spy at the same time, right? Yeah, definitely. Like he's uh, been sitting at a con, just kind of bored. Everybody's kind of <laughs> floating around him, and he's just thinking to himself, "Hmm, what if a what if a CIA agent recruited me right now?" You know? Right. <laughs> And it, it, it birthed into what I believe is a great comic. It seems, for me, it's just getting better and better. Uh, issue number one was a top pick for me, and then two was okay, and three came back solid, especially with David Mack's art. This was definitely, for me, a contender for Artist Winner of the Week. It was right there. But this, I love the sort of strange uh, fourth dimension jumping in and out when we get the just his comic book that he created about like a samurai that's sprinkled in here. And it's just gorgeously drawn, right? And it has this very big change of gear when we're in the world of his comic, right? Yeah, it kind of it kind of hit me off guard a little bit, but it was yeah. a pleasant surprise. Yeah, like it's like you're it, it it's and this isn't very linear storytelling. It is a little all over the place if you're into that style and don't mind it, right? We seem to kind of jump into time and then we go to the past and then we jump into his comic book and then we jump back to where he met this woman, uh, gorgeously drawn uh, black lady, right? In this this comic, and yeah, yeah, and uh, I think the watercolor does that character justice because she's just very beautiful. Yeah, when they meet and they're sitting and having their sort of date, right? Where she's sort of recruiting him. And uh, in flirting to sort of recruit him and get him sort of enamored, right? Uh, you know, she's using her power that she has. Um, they sort of drab him out with color and don't really define the lines of the man's face, right? And she's just gorgeously colored and watercolored and just like even the background behind her is like these strange swashes of color. It's just like, uh, boy, do they, they really just hit it home with... Look at her, and he's just going to kind of be muted and, and just sort of gray, right? Yeah, but it's it's done in such detail that it's just amazing. It's very beautiful. I feel like you could put any of these on your wall, you know? Yeah, and when he um, goes into maybe my favorite sequence is when there's a fellow comic book creator that he sees at a con in France, right? There's a French name that I'm not even going to try to pronounce. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and they uh, want him to make friends. They don't, they don't know each other, but the uh, the woman that is the the person that is the uh, the spy boss that's getting him to do this spy work uh, wants him to befriend them, befriend this fellow comic book artist for what we don't know yet, and asks, "Are you familiar with his work, this comic book artist's work?" And then it just changes right there and goes into like this strange Viking. Uh, almost Thor-like, but with zombies in this strange kind of Jack Kirby-like, um, very kind of sepia-toned, colored, black and whitish scene. Did you dig that? Yeah, definitely, because it kind of it, it it's it stayed with the story, and it made a lot of sense. You know, it wasn't just a random. Um, uh, and all of the times that they did that, it stayed with the story and made it uh, really relevant to what was going on. Yeah, and that art style change was awesome for me because it just, like I said, it was Kirby-esque 
and it just went into hyper detail on this one panel with this big giant, you know, gods like uh, fight scene, right? Yeah, I definitely got a Thor feel from it. Right, and very different from the sort of paint-colored and swashy and pretty. This was just like hard-lined Kirby style of action that's happening in this splash page that was just gorgeous. I thought. Yeah, I got the hammer, uh, the hammer guy, and uh, the hammer guy probably Thor, and then the the uh, sexy woman with the big sword probably a Valkyrie. Yeah. Yeah, I got that. I got that Thor feel very. Very hard from on this one. Reminded me of Angela, maybe because now Marvel uh, owns the right to the Angela <laughs> character, right? It kind of looks like yeah. Angela. <laughs> but man, I thought what a great little changing of gears that happens a few times with art style in this. But man, I dug it. If you like uh, uh, <laughs> the world of comics, also it's it's very much given respect to the world of comics and comic cons. There's a great conversation where he is describing to her. She knows nothing about comic books or comic book uh, cons, anyway. She calls them, like, comic book shows. And he's like, well, they're called cons now, or conventions. And he says, like, why people love dressing up as cosplay. That was just a great... Brian Michael Bendis kind of sitting on his soapbox saying, this is why people love cosplay. And he lays it out here, right? And it's beautiful. Yeah, and I 100% agree. It makes me want to go and do cosplay myself. Right? It was inspiring. It was ultimately in a short recap it was just like saying look you get to live in the skin of some of these things that are beautiful to you and that bring you such joy and so it's like you get to sort of pretend and be an actor for just a a few seconds here and there and he says it in much longer form and and more eloquently than i can lay out but didn't you i loved that uh that nod to the respect and the joy of cosplaying and and conventions right oh definitely he says uh so when people cosplay or however they want to express it, it's just this way to celebrate that love. Yes. Oh, that's amazing. That right there is just poetic. Yeah, it gave me chills when you read it right now again. <laughs> it gave yeah. me chills earlier. But that is why cover issue number three from Brian Michael Bendis is our number three top pick of the week. Get cover. Read all three. It's fantastic. Right, Ian? Yeah, definitely. And coming in at number two is Lightstep. Issue number one from Dark Horse Comics. It's also kind of a, uh, it's from a sort of, I guess, a, a side shoot of the, it's a company called Ipix, E-I-P-I-X. That must be sort of a, you know, another family of comics coming from script uh, artist and uh, team here, Milos Slavkovic and Mirko Topalski. So it's like the two of them are both credited, although the art is given to Milos Slavovic. So it must be the sort of their new treatment or family of uh, comics, an imprint, if you will, right? Epics Comics? Yeah, I'm assuming it's probably this uh, Miloslav Slakovic. Yeah. Uh, I imagine it's him and, and uh, Mirko Topolsky. Yeah. But I'm sorry if I butchered your names, guys. I know, we both did it. <laughs> we both apologize. <laughs> yeah, because, uh, oh, I'm looking at the credits, and, and it is it is them, editor-in-chief and series editor, as uh, Miso Zivanov. Yes. I love the team, though, and I hope this is like an imprint where the two of them head, you know, just headman other projects together because uh, this was really a, a very happy surprise, uh, Lightstep issue number one, right? Yeah, I liked it. It was, uh, for me, this you can never go wrong with sci fi stuff. And when you have the interesting premise like this does, you just can't go wrong. Yeah, the gist was odd, right? It's set in like almost this Kryptonian kind of planet. But there is a nod to Earth and that it just seems like it's very far in the future on some other planet now. Uh, I love all the tech infused to it. It does have like a fifth element feel to it, right? 
Yeah, like uh, uh, the way that they dress and the way that they kind of are futuristic looking. <laughs> yeah, or Dune. Dune comes into my mind, some of the visuals and the outfits here, right? Yeah, definitely. But there is a, a woman here, and her last name was Lee, and she's living in this sort of machine now of where sort of genetic impurity is seriously frowned upon to where they will even weed out the uh, the weaker connection of genetic link to this sort of space Hitler. <laughs> it's the best way to describe the guy, right? Yeah, I think so. There's and some she, kind of like tyrant that <laughs> kills his family. <laughs> yeah, and like is into weeding out uh, the DNA from, from weak sort of like they test people and like oh you're 89% genetically pure so you'll live you're 64 so we must kill you publicly right and they have these executions for people that aren't uh, perfect genetic finds yeah and i feel like they uh they hit the note or they hit a good note when they introduced the thought of uh, light speed and everything did you yes. did you catch that? Yeah, and how the uh, like uh, what was the movie that whereas uh, when you travel in light speed time slows down? Yeah, they were talking about the Einstein theory, right? Yes. The theory of uh, oh, I forget what it was called, but uh, when you're when you're getting closer to the speed of light, everything slows down for you. That's my favorite sequence in this, where it's like right in the middle of the book, where the, uh, she is royalty. Ultimately, she is of uh, the pure blood, uh, bloodline. And she sort of talks about a typical day for her because they're traveling uh, uh, slower and the other people are traveling faster, I would assume, right? Because they're aging quicker or the yeah. other way around. Yeah. <laughs> Flip it, whatever. But uh, <laughs> in her day of having breakfast and waking up to go see her family, an entire lifetime has lived for this you know, poor person. And that just was like, wow, the, the, just the stark contrast between the very rich and the very, they call, you know, pure of bloodline to the, the muddled uh, DNA people, the regular folks and that are poor, just go through an entire lifetime in her breakfast period of the day. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's nothing to them. It's just a blink of an eye. And then off the cuff, she says something along the lines of, well, you know, maybe I should spend my time a little bit more wisely. And it's like, yeah, you think? <laughs> yes. I guess she has. She seems like she's eternal or immortal, has all the time, you know, that she wants. And uh, the part that got me that, like, at the heart of this, right, is, is, uh, is obviously this woman going against the machine here. And having thoughts that all of this is wrong, which it totally is. All of this, these executions of people with, you know, the weaker, quote unquote, weaker bloodlines, etc. Is that they, they kill their, their younger sibling, right, behind them. And she has like a, kind of like a, uh, like a mentally challenged, if you will, um, younger brother that, that she has to execute. And he's just this simple, loving like I've I've spent around some time with people with autism, and he, he it seems like a, the character is written with autism, and it just seems like this this very big, large person, but little kid, right? And she just can't bring herself to executing her brother. Yeah, which, which brings that humanity in there, you know. And everyone else had no problem with it, right? <laughs> they were all, well, yeah, because it's just what they do, you know. But it takes that one person to to bring that humanity back and be like, man, I just can't do this. And that's basically what she says too, is like, I can't do this. Yeah. And it's like, no one else has had this problem, but she, for some reason is like awakened. And that's the breaking point for her. Like where enough is enough. And man, they leave us just wanting more at the end of this. We're not going to spoil it, but you know, we just get to really see the world and the, the horrible 
you know, travesty they're doing with just the execution of all these people, right? And this super elite group of very science fiction-y, you know, folks that uh, she wants to put a stop to and just wants no more, want any, anything to do with it, right? Yeah, it looks very, uh, very scary. Very <laughs> scary look at what the future might hold here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I said, space Hitler guy that they all sort of yeah, worship. Yeah, exactly. Is, they're like, uh, well, we, we want to be more like this guy. Well, no, no, you really don't. Right. So I wonder if she's going to be the person to sort of take this world down. That's why I want to keep reading Light Step. Uh, we definitely recommend it. Issue number one. Go get it immediately. Great stuff, right, Ian? Yeah, I loved it. Fantastic. Well, here we go now. On to the number one top comic book pick of the week. The great one, the champion, the top dog, the supreme leader, the big kahuna. Give me one, Ian. Oh, Middle West. <laughs> I, was, I was saying, give me another one of those weird things I say. Uh, oh, know, oh the, the, caught me off guard there. I don't know. <laughs> the, the spectacular. Boom. There you go. <laughs> Middle West issue number one. This is our artist winner of the week with um, Mike Huddleston. And this is our artist winner of the week with Jorge Corona. Uh, this is written by Scotty Young. And this is Image Comics. This is issue number one of Middle West. Give it to the people. What did you think of Middle West, Ian? Tell me. Well, I think Scotty Young pretty much mastered the kid on a jury story. I think he's, uh, you know, at least thoroughly, I thoroughly enjoyed this first issue, and he's really uh, just made an impression on me when it comes to his writing, which uh, to me was almost not what I expected because yeah. I'm used to Fairyland. I hate Fairyland stuff where his art is kind of front and center. Mm-hmm. But yeah, his uh, man, his storytelling is just amazing. He's got that, like I said, the kid on a journey. You know that uh, same thing with I hate Fairyland, where the kid, the kid is thrusted into a situation that he's not sure about. Uh, boy, it, it's just done perfectly, in my opinion. Yes, wasn't this another one that uh, aren't you glad that I recommended to you that you didn't necessarily see initially? Can I get Actually, some cred well, there? I had it on. <laughs> I did have it on my poll. Oh, so, darn! But All you right. told me to you told me to read it first, and I'm glad I did because I actually went back and read it two or three times. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, I'm a huge Scotty Young fan. I bought his his omnibus Oz, which uh, was before I Hate Fairyland and before Middle West, obviously. So I really want to dive into that and see. Uh, where some of those influences are but yes the the hero's journey what you're talking about too about you know uh, a young kid leaving home and coming full circle eventually it's it's all into this i was kind of hoping when i first saw it that that scotty young did the art because i love his weird cartoony very kid-like art style um but corona was amazing (laughs) jorge corona our artist winner of the week right yeah i can't say enough about his interiors man they are just spectacular the way that they the way that they flow visually the uh the colors from boulier i think or Beaulieu. oh yes uh the french name uh jean francois Beaulieu. yeah his <laughs> his color job is just fantastic man this whole thing all the way around is just one of the most beautiful books i've seen yes like we talked about these dark blue scenes with that pink gelatinous goop that powers everything which i love that i want to know what it is what is this fluid that's attached to every building it's attached to the trains it's just sometime in the weird in the future i guess where well everything is run by this weird pink fluid <laughs> yeah and I, I think that's part of the reason why i enjoyed this so much is that 
the setup for the myth, mythos of the world. Yes. It, it really stuck with me. Yeah. And is it Earth? Is, is it not Earth? But it just has this definite, uh, the world is a character in this, right? Yeah. And it it the journey thing and where he's going to go and the things he's going to do, the things or people that he's going to meet along the way, I think are going to really be what, what uh, holds this book up in, in the next uh, future issues. I agree. And I like that it, it's got a dash of Wizard of Oz, right? It's got a dash of the angst from I Hate Fairyland is in there. But then he, Scotty Young kind of goes into another deep direction. Like he, he the, the main character in this has, uh, I think his name was Abel, our, our main character, young, you know, maybe preteen uh, young man, um, has this very verbally abusive uh, father. And they've got the very... A very uh, you know tense relationship, right? And it and it feels like it might be something very personal from Scotty Young. I think. Yeah, the, I didn't think about that, but now that you mention it, you know you're probably right. It definitely feels like a personal story, and it feels like you were saying that it has that that Oz vibe, where where you almost feel like you want to be out of the situation. Yes. And the whole book has that feel, but it's. It's done so well that you you feel for the kid and you definitely want him out of the situation too. Yeah, like I was actually like early on relating to the tough love of that the dad was administering early on, you know, because the the son had slept in, missing his paper route, like there's still paper routes uh, and and he was just kind of dishing out some tough love, right? And then as the story goes along, uh the dad just crosses the line in in more than one way, right? Yeah, and he just kind of keeps going. And well, I I feel what you were saying at first. You're like, well, it's not that bad, but then it just kind of escalates, and you go, okay, yeah, this kid is definitely not in a very good situation. Right. Yeah, because I I know, uh, like I said, being from the camp of tough love myself personally, being raised that way, and I try to raise my son that way, etc. But then all of a sudden, it's just like, oh gosh, he's and you feel that that his anger and the tension between them just kind of build and build and build to the end of this. And without wasting the end, you know, there's like a like a sort of a payoff as to kind of why things are building in a weird, odd way, right? <laughs> without saying yeah, more. <laughs> yeah, it, it goes and it does. It goes right to the end with the with the dad and in this abusive uh, or continually abusive relationship, and it definitely does well to set up the kid, uh, like the way that. Uh, his his attitude yeah it's it does well to set that up yeah it's 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 he become the able character is very likable very quick because he's you know he's doing the best that he possibly can under his circumstances like i didn't you know he's trying to fit in yes he gets into some trouble with his friends and at the same time this storm is a brewing not only physically but metaphorically <laughs> um and uh and then you're thrown in like this talking fox at the same time. <laughs> and it's not explained, but there he is. Yeah, I almost wonder if the fox is a product of the world or a product of the kid. Yeah, I want to I want to sort of have that defined. Is is imagination as an outlet due to this verbally this abusive father that he has? Or, you know, or is it just the world because it's got weird pink fluid? Maybe it's got talking foxes. Yeah, or maybe that's just, you know, something unique to Abel. Maybe he's just a special kid that gets a, a talking fox, you know? Right. 
Well, as we see the 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 on the cover, this uh, tornado with a face in hand, we we get to see more of that, and that's sort of a. Uh, it's sort of semi-explained, but man, it leaves us hanging. We want more. Uh, this just, at the end of this, I was like, no! <laughs> Did you have the same sort of at the end? You're like, no, it's over! Yeah, that's why I think I went back and read it two or three times, because I, I just wanted to make sure that I got everything, you know? It was one of those ones where it, it doesn't, like, leave you hanging, because it's, it's definitely a, a satisfying first issue, but you, it definitely leaves you wanting more. Oh, for sure. I, I thought it left you hanging a little as, uh, with something that happens to Abel, too. I'm like, what? But, yeah, uh... but but not not. <laughs> I'm trying to defend it, but not you yes. know not enough to where uh, it wasn't a satisfying number one. You know. Yeah, I agree. It, and it didn't like make you really upset, right? There's a difference between yeah. like loving a cliffhanger and enjoying that, and then going, no, that's ridiculous. You know, like I know what you mean. There's yeah. A, yeah. There's a one to scale of uh, one to ten scale of cliffhanger i know what you mean and this was in the sweet spot i agree with you and uh, and bonus stuff i'm a big sucker for bonus stuff this had a ton of like sketches and even the the first thing was this gorgeous like little sketch from scotty young and then he defines it in the little paragraph at the very end as to how he came up with this idea so you got to read that did you read it yeah the um <clears throat> the little uh what's it called like a little letter like yeah. gear reader letter what does a wizard look like yeah yeah <laughs> I thought it was great, and it, it kind of helped us understand how he came up with this odd story. And then there are some sketches in there done by Scotty and Jorge that just kind of show how he got there as far as what the characters look like and the look of Middle West altogether. So I'm a big sucker for all of this. They even break down some of the character design uh, by the rectangular horse face of the dad and, and the trucks and stuff. I even, like, screenshot some of these to, like, when I doodle on my, my pad as to kind of a uh, you know help me with some design things that I'm working on, so I love the bonus stuff, and it was full of it, right? Yeah, definitely. I think the for me with the letter, uh, it kind of helps me to understand his idea of the world. Yeah. So it's not just a hundred percent like visual and just whatever he uh, shows you through through character. It's it's more of a hey, here's what I was thinking, and here's where I'm thinking of taking it. So it makes me feel more attached to it as a you know as a concept yeah and he doesn't uh spoil things but you're right it does ground it a little right yeah kind of makes it more personable to me anyway you know because yeah. i feel like you, you get an idea of what where he's going with it and what his thoughts about it are you know yes but uh what can we say get middle west issue number one it's phenomenal it's top-notch stuff I know he's going to be optioning this. It's going to go places. It just has that feel to me like it's this is going to take off. But Middle West, number one, Ian, our top pick, right? Yep. A yep. number one for me. And we both agreed on it. Both uh, us uh, together, combining forces, we both said yes. Wonder Twin Powers Activate. We both agreed that Middle West, number one, was the number one pick of the week. And artist winner and cover artist winner. It's the whole shebang. It's the triple threat. <laughs> So there you go. Those are our new comic book recommendation for New Comic Book Day, November 21st. Let me lock the vault door. There you go. Please go to your local comic book shop and buy these immediately. If you have questions, comments, or you want a personal comic book recommendation, email me directly at chris at sunspotscomics.com or email ian at ebombs at gmail. 
And if you want to see the Sunspots Comics universe encapsulated into one place with all of my favorite picks of the week since May of 2015, just go to sunspotscomics.com, click on the pull list, and you'll see the just updated 101 comic book titles that I'm currently reading. And I think you got me beat by a few, don't you? You're like over 100? Yeah, I think slightly over 110, something like that. We are reading a whole lot of comic books, folks. But click on Top Comic Book Picks of the Week, and you can see all of our past top comic book picks it's all there it's on our website i update it every week i'm very proud of it please go check out sunspotscomics.com and we have a newsletter thing click on sunspotscomics.com slash contact sign up for our newsletter and hey would you like some free comic books well from time to time as a thank you to you the listener i give away some free marvel digital comic book codes in sunspots comics podcast and there are still some unclaimed codes available just listen to past Suns- Sunspots Comics podcasts that are on our feed. Grab the Marvel digital code that I usually read somewhere towards the beginning of each podcast. Go to marvel.com slash redeem, punch in the code, see if you won. It's that easy. So go get them and good luck. And also thank you to our sponsor, Cryptid Zoo. My buddy Julian hand makes these awesome augmented reality t-shirts that are based on cryptozoology. Just use the HP Reveal app and your smartphone and every cryptid t-shirt, cryptozoo t-shirt comes to life. Have you seen it? Have you clicked on little videos on their site, Ian, and seen the shirts come to life? Yeah, yeah, those are cool. It's really weird. It's You gotta see it. But anyway, go to cryptidzoo.com. Most importantly, use promotional code SUNSPOTSCOMICS and you'll get 25% off your order. So check them out. It's cryptidzoo.com. And tune in next week for issue number 185 of the Sunspots Comics Podcast, where my pull list is up to 15 comics for next week for New Comic Book Day, November 28th. What's your pull list uh, for next week, November 28th, Ian? I'm looking at 17. 17. All right, you just got me beat by a couple. And I see that there are three new number ones there that I'm going to check out. Uh, What do you have there as far as new number ones? I don't have any number ones. All right, cool. Well, I might have to talk you into three, if they're good, of course. Yeah. But, uh... We will read all those comics, folks, and then we're only going to tell you about the great ones. So ultimately, you can save some time and save some money. That's what the Sunspots Comics Podcast is all about. Please help us out by telling a nerdy loved one to check out the Sunspots Comics Podcast. Go over to iTunes, give the Sunspots Comics Podcast a few positive words, just a couple, and five stars. We would really appreciate it. If you do it, I'll give you a shout-out on a future podcast. I'll mail you some comic book uh, maybe even a little comic books and toys little prize pack from me as a small token of my appreciation and by the way every link every website everything that Ian and I discussed on this particular podcast are on the podcast notes it's robust check it out but thank you so much for listening to the Sunspots Comics podcast right Ian? Oh most definitely and like you said family and friends anybody that loves comics send them our way Yes, we'll do our best to save you some time and save you some money. Now go spend some quality time with the ones that you love by reading comic books together. Be water, my friends, and to be be continued. All right, Ian, I'll see you later. Thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, thank you. Bye-bye.
Comics Now.